0: Everyone, welcome into the Building Up Podcast, episode number 106. I'm David. As always, thank you guys for being with us. Of course, we are going through the wise sayings of Proverbs one chapter at a time. That's what we have been doing now for many, many episodes of the podcast. And today we've arrived at chapter 24 of Proverbs. So I hope you will read that chapter uh, perhaps first and then come back, listen to the podcast, which I hope will be a help, a guide, an aid for you as we pursue the wisdom the ethics of the kingdom of God, and even the man of wisdom, Jesus Christ himself, through the book of Proverbs. Because as we pursue wisdom, we are pursuing all of those things. How to live a wise life, how to live as a citizen of the kingdom of God, and how to live like Jesus, who embodied the wisdom of God. And that is why Proverbs is such an incredible book and such a gift to us from the Lord. You, you also may find it helpful to listen to the podcast and then read the chapter, Whatever suits you best, um, I just want this to be of service to you and hope that you will find it to be such. All right, Proverbs chapter 24. Now, we are still looking at what Solomon has called in the book um, the 30 wise sayings, or the 30 sayings of counsel and knowledge that he introduced back in chapter twenty-two. Verse 17. And so these are apparently 30 specific sayings that he has collected or even adapted for the book of Proverbs from people of wise counsel and knowledge. He doesn't specify who those people are. He doesn't specify whether these were well known sayings in his day, but he does include them in this overall collection of wisdom that we find in the book of Proverbs. And so you find these 30 sayings of counsel and knowledge beginning in chapter 22, all of chapter 23, and then into chapter 24, which we're covering today. And so we're going to uh, look at a, a, a few of these. They they end in chapter 24, I believe, at uh, verse 22, and then the rest of chapter 24 is um, moving back into some other collections of wise sayings that Solomon put together. Alright, so let's begin today, chapter 24, verses 11 and 12, which in the numbering system that I am using, this would be saying 25 out of the 30 that Solomon has introduced back in chapter 22. Verses 11 and 12, let's read these together. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, behold, We did not know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay according to his work? You know, one of the things that uh, if you attend Agape Church, if you are uh, a, a regular attender or a member of Agape over the last couple of years, one of the things that I've talked about a lot, is how we interact with the world around us in a time period that we live in right now that is, it's so divisive. There's so much uh, divisiveness in the world right now. You see so much of of it on social media where, where people have their different platforms where they can speak about life and the culture as they see it. And we have so many people that are drawing lines in the sand and depending on which line you stand on, there's a lot of hatred and anger toward people who have different views. And so we see a lot of this in our society right now. And one of the things that I have been speaking to our church about so much is how we engage with this world that is in this situation. And, and the points that I've tried to make based on what I see in God's Word, uh, based on how Jesus talked that the citizens of his kingdom if you go read the beatitudes in the new testament how how the citizens of his kingdom should hold themselves should live is that that there is a certain way in which we are to approach the world around us now it is not that we approach them with compromise we are to be people who are strong in truth who stand on the foundation of God's Word. And and when we see something that is in God's Word, a principle of His Word, we must hold on to it tightly. Now, there may be certain belief systems we have and certain things that that we think are right that are not directly tied or, or not from a principle of God's Word, and that's where we have to be very, very careful. Because secondary issues... Uh, a lot of political issues that are not directly tied to God's Word. Those are things that certainly as Christians we can have an opinion on, but those are not things that we need to hold with the same standard of love and affection. And uh, those are not things that we need to hold as tightly to as we do God's Word. I might say it a little bit more stronger than that. The only thing we should divide over the only thing that should divide us from other people are things that we find in God's word directly. And 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 so we approach the culture with truth, but also we approach the culture with that truth that is found in God's word, but also we approach them with love, with compassion, with even understanding to their plight. If if they don't know Jesus. And and Jesus has much to say about this in the way that he lived, in the way that he instructed. And we also see a foundation of this in Scripture. We see a a foundation of it in Proverbs. Excuse me, that's what I meant to say. We see a, a foundation of it in Proverbs about how wise people live. Now, one of the things that I have understood in some of the conversations that I've had with people uh, at our churches, that as I have approached these subjects, in which I have cautioned us as believers about not showing anger and division to a watching world, to hold fast to truth, but to be careful and wise and loving and compassionate even as we present that truth, that I've, I've had to explain and talk about how, in, in saying those things, I'm certainly not saying that we disengage from the world. I am simply calling us to be careful about how we do our engagement. And Proverbs chapter 24, verse 11 and 12, is a foundational passage that shows us we should absolutely engage the world around us. In the New Testament, we are told to be lights. And and that it, when you have a lamp, you don't cover it up because it doesn't do any good. So as the light of the world, you are to shine brightly before men. We are to engage the world around us. And that is what Proverbs is telling us here in chapter 24. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. And then there's a warning that... You shouldn't just turn a blind eye to everything and say, Well, I I didn't know. I didn't know anything was going on. Because there's a reminder from Proverbs. Well, God knows. God weighs your heart, God perceives what's in you. God knows what's really going on. And, And one day, He's going to repay mankind for all of their works. Even as believers, we are not saved by what we do, but our good works that come out of a saved heart, a a, a transformed life by having faith in Jesus, we will be rewarded for those works and held responsible for the things that we have done and things that we didn't do as a believer. And it's an issue not of salvation, but it's an issue of reward or loss. So Proverbs says, Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. This is a wise people engage the world around them. Now, I I think there's probably two different ideas here in Proverbs that Solomon is addressing, and both of them we've seen throughout the book and throughout all of these wise sayings. When it talks about those who are being taken away to death and those who are stumbling to the slaughter, certainly, I think, it's it's a call to those who are suffering injustice in the world. The weak among us, those who need rescue, those who are hungry, who are thirsty, who are... Um, being killed, innocent people being killed, I'm thinking here of course of of um, working against the injustice of abortion or the injustice of um, even social issues where you have people who are going hungry or don't have enough clothes, those who are orphans and don't have anyone to care for them, those who are widows those who, who don't have anyone taking up for their rights. These were all groups in the Bible that we're told to work for justice as believers. And even in our day, this still applies. So I think that is definitely what is in mind here when it talks about rescuing those who are being taken away to death and who are stumbling to the slaughter. Those in your sphere of influence, in your community, in your life that you can see that are suffering under injustice, and what can you do to help alleviate that? But certainly there is also an idea here of those who are stumbling toward the slaughter and being taken away to death by their own foolishness. So here there's a call to work for those who are dying in their foolishness through evangelism through making Christ known to them, that they can be saved and born again so that they can become wise people. And the call from Proverbs, the same as the call to the New Testament, is engage. Engage in your sphere of influence where God has put you and work for justice and work for the godly, for people to... work for people to come to know godliness. That's the better way to put that. To be saved from their sin through making known to them the person of Christ and how they can be forgiven. And and we should not ignore the plights around us because God sees and God makes us wise. And God opens our eyes to these things. And He doesn't just make us wise and open our eyes to these things for our own benefit, but He does that for the benefit of other people. And we will be held accountable for what we do with what He's given us in that sphere of influence. So yes, we are to engage the world around us. I never want anyone to think otherwise. Proverbs shows us that we should do that. We should engage the world with truth. And we should do it coupled with love. We just have to be very careful in this day and time that we don't get caught up in the anger that is in the culture, that we don't get caught up in being angry toward those who are lost. Now, certainly sin, there's a degree where sin frustrates and angers us, so absolutely. But we have to be careful in how we approach those who are caught up in that sin of the world. And so let me show you. You find this even in Proverbs chapter 24. So go down to verses 17 and 18. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and that let not your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and be displeased and turn away his anger from him. So there in that proverb, I mean, it clearly says, like, God's wrath, God's anger is on the person who does evil. So we should be angry at sin in the world. We should be angry at injustice in the world, but we don't sin out of that anger. And one of the ways that we can sin out of that anger is rejoice when we see our enemy falling. When we see our enemy stumbling into his own ways and, in, and we think, well, he got what he deserved. I want God to wipe out all the wicked people. But the Bible says, well, that's not God's attitude. Ezekiel thirty three eleven, God says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked but that the wicked would turn from his way and live. That's the desire of God. So to reflect God means we don't gloat when evil people fall. There is a joy that comes to a society in which righteousness reigns and righteous people are in charge. But our, our approach to those when we see evil people falling into the trap they've set for their own life, or even when we see an evil person, what we want to happen to them, we should not have a cold and callous disregard for those people. We should mourn. And we should, to reflect God, desire that they repent and live. Now, in verse 19 and 20, we are given this proverb. Fret not yourself because of evildoers, and do not be envious of the wicked, for the evil man has no future. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. So if you're one of these people that you look at the world and you say, but I can't stand the way that it is with all of this rampant sin and, 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 and all of this injustice. And God says, yes, have hope. Don't don't fret, don't worry, don't be anxious, and certainly don't be envious of their lifestyle and how they live because ultimately the evil person has no future. The lamp, the light, the life of the wicked person will eventually be put out. But knowing that, don't gloat. Don't brag when you see them falling. Don't hope for their destruction. Reflect God, not in the taking pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked might turn from his way and live. And I think if that is our heart, church, if that is what we want to see, I think we are ready to properly engage the culture around us, as verse 11 and 12 says to. I think we're ready to rescue those being taken away from death and hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. And we're ready to do it in such a way that reflects Jesus and that reflects him well. Hope this has been helpful for you as you are reading and pondering these things in chapter 24 of Proverbs and I would love to hear from you if you want to use the email on the outro to get in touch with me we could even continue this conversation until next time church thank you for being with us today grace and peace to your family thank you for listening to the building up podcast a ministry of agape church in penson alabama if you have a question about today's podcast or would like to suggest a topic for the future, please email us, buildingup@agapepension.com. To subscribe to this podcast, simply search for Building Up from Agape Church in your favorite podcast app.